<laughs> we'll see how we go. But um, on the bulletin, I, I saw um, that uh, a man by the name of Praveen was uh, organising some prayer before church. And uh, he is the second Praveen that uh, I now know. The first one I met uh, when I was in Box Hill Hospital in nine, uh, uh, 2014. Uh, having uh, survived a whipple for my pancreatic cancer. Uh, Praveen uh, was uh, a nurse there uh, and uh, he was uh, very good with cannulas and uh, if you've been in hospital for any length of time uh, you know after three days they have to renew the cannula and uh, there are many people, doctors included, uh, young graduates, nurses uh, that couldn't do a cannula after a while because veins had collapsed. Anyway, all that. Uh, but Praveen, uh, I call him the cannula king because uh, he, he loved doing cannulas and if anybody ever had any trouble, they'd call him. Uh, so he would come and uh, we would talk often uh, in the middle of the night and during the day. And uh, when he would go back to India, he would uh, be doing all sorts of things there to help in his community that he wasn't allowed to do in Australia because he wasn't qualified on paper, uh, but more than capable of doing the work. And um, Brother Praveen here is the second uh, Praveen that I've met and uh, had opportunity to pray before the service and it was a blessing. Uh, thank you, Pastor, in your absence for the invitation to be here. It's uh, good to be with you. And um, thank you for those that have uh, prayed for us over the years and with Brother Don saying many of you are new, uh, you wouldn't know uh, anything about us. Uh, but we're thankful for the opportunity and the privilege uh, to worship together with you today. Uh, I love these uh, signs, by the way. Are you preaching through Revelation here at the moment, or have been, or have. have been? Two lovely pictures of the Lord, are they not? Uh, the lion, uh, royalty, power, uh, mighty, uh, king of the beasts, uh, the lamb, uh, Complete contrast, uh, humility, uh, gentleness, sacrificial, clean, uh, both uh, the extremes, the Alpha and the Omega of the Lord Jesus, who he is. And uh, what a wonder that we can come in his name and pray now and open the book that speaks of him and uh, worship him in spirit and in truth. And let's pray. Our Father, we are thankful to be reminded to turn our eyes upon you as we have sung and that we would see you in your glory and in your majesty and in your humility and in your sacrifice remembering your death, burial and resurrection having understood the gospel and yet having freedom to proclaim that in this country and for those in other places that we've prayed for already as well. And we thank you for the privilege that is ours to worship you now. And as we continue and as we would open your word uh, for the working of the Holy Spirit in every heart and life uh, to guide us into all truth, uh, to encourage us, uh, to lift us up when we're down uh, to enable us uh, as we serve you, uh, to be gifted by you, to be privileged, to be about our Heavenly Father's business. Uh, we thank you for these things 
In Jesus' name, amen. In um, 2007, uh, the uh, Encyclopedia Britannica published uh, a new list uh, of the seven wonders of the world. Uh, the only remaining wonder then uh, were the pyramids. Uh, the other six had all disappeared. So they thought they needed to have a list of uh, new wonders. And uh, the new wonders of the world, man-made wonders of the world, are first of all the Great Wall of China, uh, about um, 600 BC that was built. Um, the Mexican uh, Mayan temple, uh, Chichen Itza, about a thousand years ago it was built. Uh, the treasury building in Petra in Jordan, uh, we're familiar with uh, the carving uh, in the solid rock uh, of a building, a wonder. Uh, Machu Picchu in Peru, uh, an Inca stronghold, uh, it's in ruins today. Uh, the statue in Rio de Janeiro, Christ the Redeemer, built in 1926, one of the wonders of the world. The Colosseum in Rome. Uh, 2,000 years old thereabouts, uh, a ruin but is still standing, and uh, the wonder of uh, the Taj Mahal in uh, Agra, India, uh, white marble uh, to uh, commemorate uh, love that one man had uh, for a woman. Uh, the black one on the other side, uh, not built, uh, perhaps uh, because of the expense and effort of building the first one, it was thought that they just couldn't do that again. Um, all built to impress, uh, built to uh, give glory to the builder, uh, to uh, show uh, their power and ability uh, and commitment to have an idea and then to follow it through. And the smallest uh, of God's wonders is far greater than any of these or all of them put together designed to impress and stagger the imagination. If you would turn uh, in your Bibles, please, to the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 9, and it's a little bit like uh, Christmas carols and um, songs in uh, our hymn book that we sing at Christmas time. It's good that we do, but uh, that shouldn't be the only time we sing them, should it? They're lovely hymns. Uh, worthy of being sung at uh, other times, uh, as is this verse uh, in uh, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, we read, uh, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I'd like us to be thinking of the Lord Jesus in his description there, where we read that his name shall be called Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, it's interesting uh, that we read there, it, it could have just said that his name is Wonderful, uh, and it is, uh, but his name shall be called, the idea here is that he should be heralded as being the Wonderful One. Uh, some uh, modern translations uh, would say that we should read Wonderful Counselor as one description. Uh, that's not how our King James Bible uh, has it. There's a comma in between. Uh, if he was Wonderful Counselor, that would be true. He's also a wonderful healer, wonderful teacher. He is wonderful everything. So we should just stop 
at the wonderful and begin with understanding that he is wonderful. His name shall be called wonderful. Uh, when we call out someone's name, it's to bring attention to that individual. And that's what we're doing here. Uh, we have him called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. We have him being called the Lamb of God. Uh, they are names that we call out that we might identify him uh, and acknowledge him and recognize his qualities and his attributes. Uh, Isaiah, 700 years before the Lord is born, says that his name shall be called Wonderful. Uh, and if you've ever listened to uh, Handel's Messiah at Christmas or Easter time, uh, you can't hardly read that verse without hearing the singing and the choir and the orchestra and, uh, and the majesty uh, of uh, this lovely name. Names uh, have reputation attached. Uh, when we think of uh, two gentlemen by the name of Rolls and Royce, uh, we might be thinking uh, of luxury vehicles, incredibly well-engineered engines, uh, even in uh, aeroplanes today, built by Rolls and Royce. Uh, that is a name. Uh, we have a name to consider here for the Lord Jesus, and that name is wonderful. And we could look at many things, many aspects of uh, that name. Uh, we'll just uh, take a handful as a, a little sample because... Uh, I know there being no clock here, uh, there's no hindrance to that, but uh, we could go from Genesis to Revelation and we could find wonderful things about who the Lord Jesus is and what he has done. Uh, so for time's sake, uh, we'll just take a few. Scholars tell us that uh, the function of uh, this idea of the name being wonderful uh, and God's wonders house of bread and the shepherds would be told the outcasts of society the nobodies uh, the ones that couldn't even give evidence in a court of law because they were considered uh, to be inferior and unreliable and not worthy to uh, have their word listened to at all uh, and uh, the creator of the universe decides to have an angelic choir speak to these nobodies and what a wonder that is isn't it uh, that you and I in the overall scheme of things are not being demeaning to anyone uh, but according to any measure who are we? Uh, we are sinners saved by grace and we would say hallelujah thank you Lord uh, what a wonder that is that he would bother with the likes of us and that he would allow us to worship him and to give us uh, his word and we can have it in our language and in every other language that's represented in this room, we have a copy of the book. And that's a wonder, isn't it? Thank you, Lord. And they heard it and wondered at those things which were told unto them by the shepherds. Not everybody listens to shepherds. Nobody in the day bothered. Like many don't bother listening to us. You try and hand someone a gospel tract. You look at the letterbox and it says no junk mail. And you're there and you're thinking, no, no, this isn't junk. This is the word of life. And they're telling me I can't have permission to put it there. And they would deny me that opportunity. And we should respect that and honor that. So maybe knock on the door and see if you can talk to someone and say, hey, have a look at this. Word of life. And they would marvel if they had opportunity to listen and to hear. 
the wonderful message of Messiah's arrival. Uh, in our uh, everyday English, uh, we would uh, use the word wow. It's probably even in the dictionary now. Um, we could use the word wow, and some might be upset about that. So maybe I will just say wonderful. Uh, nobody will get upset about that because it's a Bible word. Uh, but uh, how wonderful it is uh, that uh, the message was known. Uh, and then uh, as we read on uh, a little while after the birth, uh, we read Simeon and Anna uh, as Mary and Joseph uh, present uh, the Lord Jesus uh, to be dedicated in the temple. And we read uh, down in uh, verse... Um, hmm. Well, we read of Simeon in verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, the comfort of Israel. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verse 1 begins with, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. This is the same word here. Uh, this was the declaration of Messiah's presence in the land. That's what Simeon understood when Mary and Joseph uh, bring this uh, eight-day-old baby into the temple. Uh, to be dedicated, to be circumcised, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Messiah, the Lamb of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Simeon was there that day, and he saw these things. Uh, and then uh, we continue on down until we come to verse uh, uh, 31, 32. Um, where he declares here, the scriptures tell us uh, that the Lord Jesus, a light to lighten the Gentiles. This is Jerusalem. This is God's people. And he's saying this message uh, isn't limited to Israel. Uh, even the Gentiles, uh, those that the Jews uh, despised, had no consideration for. They said uh, this Messiah is to be a light to the Gentiles, to all the other nations, as well as to the Jewish people. And Joseph and his mother marveled. They wondered, it's the same word. They wondered about that. How could this be? At those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother. And uh, the, uh, the account goes on. And then we read of Anna in verse 36 as well. Uh, and uh, what a wonder of the birth in Bethlehem, the presentation in Jerusalem. And then uh, a few pages over in uh, Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, we see the wonder of his ministry in Nazareth. And uh, uh, I could well be distracted and spend a fair bit of time here. Uh, but uh, I need to keep going. Thank you, Liz. Um, Luke chapter 4, uh, beginning uh, in verse 14, we read, And Jesus, this is uh, 33 years later. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit unto Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogue, and being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, and to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, 
and set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And uh, he stops in the middle of a sentence there, if you would read uh, Isaiah chapter 61, uh, because uh, what he had read there, uh, as he says, uh, and he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down and the eyes of all them that were in, a, in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Isaiah was talking about the coming of Messiah into the land. Uh, he's talking about the, the acceptable year of the Lord. Uh, this, uh, as I've been looking at uh, preparing for 50th anniversaries and uh, for churches in particular, years of Jubilee, uh, that's what this was. This was a, a year of Jubilee. This is when uh, captives are to be given their freedom, when property is to be returned to the original owner, uh, when everything is reset so that uh, everybody can get another start, a new beginning. And when Messiah would come, uh, he would give sight to the blind and he would set the captives free uh, and everybody would have an opportunity to see Messiah in the land. And he said, this is the day. This has happened here in this synagogue. And you would think the place would erupt and there would be people shouting, hallelujah. Uh, the choir would jump up and everybody would start singing and there would be people slapping one another's backs and saying, what a wonder that we have lived long enough to see this day. Just as Simeon and Anna knew in Jerusalem 30 years before. It's not what happened. Verse 22, and all bear him witness and wondered. It's that same word. At the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth, and they said, is not this Joseph's son? See, this is where he was brought up. This is where they saw him uh, as, as a young boy growing up uh, in Joseph's uh, carpentry shop. They said, this can't be the Messiah. Who does he think he is? In verse 28, we read a sad thing. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. Rather than glorifying the Saviour, they were angry. Who does he think he is claiming to be the Messiah? They wondered and marvelled, and then when they thought about it, they thought, no, this can't be. Is it getting hot in here, or is it just me? It is getting hot. Who's in charge of the heating? Brother Wilbur? Yeah, he's onto it, yeah. He, he said he had... Uh, it fix it. Is that what this thing is here? No. Thank you. Oh. Right. So um, the Lord presents himself, uh, his messianic credentials. Uh, he's read the scripture. Uh, and you would think rather than people saying, what a wonderful saviour. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Isaiah and his prophecy is fulfilled and we are privileged to be witness of this this day. They wondered at it, they thought about it, and they rejected him. It's a world we live in today, isn't it? And they don't even want to hear about him, let alone consider him, let alone examine his credentials. But we who are privileged to be about his business, uh, we would say, what a wonder. Uh, at his ministry here in the synagogue. Uh, what a privilege 
to read of the fulfillment of his first coming uh, and then the promise of his second. Because if you would go to Isaiah 61 and read the remaining portion that the Lord didn't read out because he said, he stopped there and he said, this day is this fulfilled. Uh, this is a fulfillment of prophecy. Uh, I am the Messiah. I am the one uh, who uh, declares this to you. Uh, the evidence is already there. I've healed blind people. I've, I've given hearing to the deaf. I've healed the lame. Uh, I've reached out to the leper. And you've seen it. And it's fulfilled this day. Wonderful. Wonderful. Hallelujah. What a saviour. And then uh, we're already at point number three. Uh, over a couple more pages, Luke chapter 8. We see here uh, that uh, the Lord is um, on the Sea of Galilee. And in verse 22 we read, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake, and they launched forth. And as they sailed, he fell asleep, and there came a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. Uh, this is uh, hardened sailors. Uh, these people know what storms are, are all about. They, they know what boats are all about. They know what they need to do. Uh, and they have uh, the Saviour asleep in the boat, and they're continuing on. And verse 24, And they came to him and uh, awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind, and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered. Same word. Saying, one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commanded even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Nature obeys him. Men and women argue with him. Those rulers in the synagogue rejected him. But the wind, the uncontrollable, the raging of the ocean and the sea, he speaks and they listen. What a wonder. And that we can read of that and put ourselves in that little boat, if you like to do that. Don't you like to do that when you read something? Say, if I was there, this, this would be me. And I could see what the Lord did and hear what he said. What manner of man is this? What a wonder. The winds and the waves obey him. Peace be still, he said, as recorded in Mark chapter 4. And the winds ceased and there was a great calm. We could look at so many other things that uh, the Lord did by way of uh, miracles and command and control over the elements and uh, we would say wonderful or you might say wow but uh, say something because it is an amazing thing and uh, we read things and they become familiar and you, and you look at these and, and, and they're familiar and you look at the scripture and they're familiar and you look at people next to you and in front of you and behind you and they're all familiar and uh, we can take familiar things for granted and uh, we ought not. We ought to say, thank you, Lord. What a wonder that I'm able to get out of bed 
I hop in my nice heated car and it's six degrees outside and I can come to a place and I can sing my head off and open the book and say, thank you, Lord. What a wonder. Because we're free to do that and there are many that somewhere on this Lord's Day will not have what we enjoy. They will be forbidden. They will have had their pastor thrown into prison. They will have had their property confiscated, uh, their business taken from them, their house burned to the ground, and they're meeting somewhere out in the bush, singing quietly so no one will hear. It's a wonder. A wonder. Uh, then in Luke chapter 9, over another page or so perhaps, Luke chapter 9, we read in verse 42. Well, this, uh, the context of this chapter, the, they have just come off the, uh, um, the mountain, um, up uh, Mount Hermon. Uh, they had been to Caesarea Philippi where uh, the Jordan River starts. Um, Peter has declared that he recognizes Jesus as uh, the Son of God. And uh, the Lord says to him uh, that um, uh, you're right. And uh, they're on the way to Jerusalem. He's uh, about to present himself as the Lamb of God to be the Passover sacrifice that year. Uh, but he, uh, he takes the, the, the three uh, a little further north, uh, completely out of the way. Uh, God's got a way, doesn't he, of taking us on a bit of a detour. When we're on the way somewhere, he says, hang on, we're going this way first. Uh, when they left Egypt, uh, they should have gone um, the northeast, straight up the coast, and they could have been uh, uh, in the land of Canaan in less than two weeks. But he takes them the long way around, and it ended up taking them 40 years. So uh, if you're in the middle of a, a long pilgrimage somewhere, and you think you're on a detour, it's God's leading, and it's not by accident, and it's not the wrong way. It's God's way, and that's a wonderful way because he's chosen that for them. Anyway, uh, they're, they're here. Uh, they have uh, come down from the mountain, uh, and uh, we read uh, in verse uh, 42, uh, And uh, uh, as he was yet uh, coming, uh, the devil threw him down and tear him, and Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the child and delivered him again to his father. Uh, and they were all amazed at the mighty power of God but while they wondered, it's that same word, everyone at all things which Jesus did, he said unto his disciples, let these sayings sink down into your ears, for the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. He told them that before and they weren't listening. Uh, they had uh, uh, seen uh, while uh, uh, the Lord uh, was up on the mountain uh, with um, Peter, James and John, uh, the other disciples were asked by this man who had a demon-possessed child that uh, th they would be delivered. Uh, and uh, the disciples couldn't do it. And uh, we remember, we read there that he says that this sort comes out only by prayer and fasting. But the Lord had power over the demons. And the amazing thing is here that it was so easy for him. He just spoke and the demons obeyed. The wind and the ocean, the waves obeyed and the people in the synagogue rejected him. It's a strange thing, isn't it? 
The Lord Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed a child and delivered him to his father. And everybody was amazed at the ease with which he did it. And yet they still refused to follow him. The things that the Lord's done in your life and mine, things that uh, before were impossible, um, he was able to do as we would submit ourselves to him, as we would believe him, as we would recognise the wonder of who he is. See, it's conditional on our part. He's always got his part. Uh, he is able to do for whom nothing is impossible. But will we receive it? Will we believe it? Will we marvel at it? Will we say, yes, Lord, when he says, would you trust me? And that's always the lesson, isn't it? For all of us, every step of the way, uh, he puts an obstacle and he says, now, would you trust me? Uh, he makes something impossible and he says, would you trust me? Uh, he, he shows us something that we think, I could never do this. And he said, well, would you trust me for it? And as soon as we say yes and we take a little step and we take another little step and we put our little toe in the water of the Jordan River and it all flies apart and the, the ark is in the midst and the, the whole population is walking through on dry land. Then they take a pile of rocks from the shore and they build a monument in the middle of the river and the water comes back and it's all invisible. But they've put another pile of rocks on the other side where they can see that but those who put those rocks there and that told their children and their children's children and their children's 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 children for generations to come there's a pile of rocks under there because God did that and they wondered and they marveled and that's what we should do too the Lord had come down from the mountain of transfiguration where Peter James and John had seen his glory you know, shine through his human body the glory of God what a subject the wonder of all of that and then to come down and to witness the Lord speaking to demons and they obeyed him uh, in Mark chapter 1 and verse 24 when uh, we see the Lord in uh, Capernaum uh, the demon said I know who thou art the Holy One of God the demons knew who he was the wind and the waves knew who he was shepherds knew who he was some in the synagogue knew who he was and others rejected him and hated him. The decision is ours when we are confronted with the Lord Jesus as wonderful. With all authority he commanded even the unclean spirits and they do obey him, we read in Mark chapter 1. Then if uh, you would turn uh, back to the Old Testament, please, to Isaiah chapter 52. And this is point number five, so we're, we're nearly there. The wonder of his humiliation and suffering, Isaiah 52. And uh, as I said before, every one of these uh, seven points would be a message on their own. So I'm trying to hurry, uh, but I sometimes just get a little bit um, excited, overwhelmed, uh, just at the wonder of it. And uh, I, I hope you're okay with that. Um, Isaiah 52, uh, before we get to 53, uh, the, the few verses at the end of chapter 52, beginning in verse 13. 
uh, the, one of the servant songs. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. As many were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The kings shall shut their mouths at him. For that which had not been told them shall they see, and that which they had not heard shall they consider. Verse 14, And many were astonished, uh, sort of old English for not just astonished, but uh, being so overwhelmed and <laughs> amazed uh, that they are rendered speechless. <gasps> Wonderful. Can't get your head around it. You read that and how can you get your head around? And you read the rest of chapter 53. Wondered, astonished, shocked into silence and amazement. And it's a good thing that we are sometimes speechless and shocked into silence at the wonder of who the Lord is, that he would be the lion of the tribe of Judah that is coming back one day, and that he came as the Lamb of God to be the perfect sacrifice that Passover. Having been examined for four days, declared to be suitable, acceptable, fulfilling all the criteria yet rejected by the unbelievers and the proud and the arrogant and the self-willed the sight of his sufferings was shocking we read on just a little bit verse 3 he is despised and rejected of men He's minimised, he's counted to be a nobody, to be of no value, to have no contribution, nothing to offer. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we, as it were, hid our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has <coughs> laid on him the iniquity of us all. That any man could be so abused, you can't really get your head around that. The Messiah, the Saviour, the light of the world, the King of Kings, our advocate, the bread of life, the bridegroom, the chief cornerstone, the carpenter, and we could go through all the alphabet and I'd love to one day. You can do that uh, and uh, go through all his names, uh, all his wonderful attributes and his qualities. 
and that he would be crowned with thorns, the emblems of sin. Yet he is the king of kings, and the crown he wears is the emblem of the curse, the emblem of rejecting his word. That he could be scourged, robed in purple, mocked, blindfolded, his beard plucked from his face, the face covered with blood and sweat and spit, stripped of his clothes, nailed to the cross, ridiculed and mocked, raised for all to see naked, bearing the shame, a man of sorrows rejected of men. And many were astonished at the shocked into silence, amazed and wondering. Uh, R.C. Chapman, uh, the great preacher and hymn writer, uh, put it this way, uh, that visage marred those sorrows deep, the thorns, the scourge, the gall, they were the golden chains of love, his captive to enthrall. Doesn't make sense, does it? Makes about as much sense as a lion being a lamb all at the same time. One that is dead and is alive forevermore. One who bore your sin and mine. And all the sin, the, the vilest things that all of humanity, the billions of people, uh, all the grossness that you could put in a massive great pile. And he said, put it all on my account. I will pay. And then I can declare everyone who would trust me to be righteous and holy and clean and one day stand in that heavenly choir robed in white saying glory to the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. This uh, terrible sight, the wonder of his sufferings, is the sight that has drawn many hearts to the Lord the cross uh, an emblem of shame and torture and wickedness to become the greatest picture of love that has endured for thousands of years. Then the wonder of his death. In Mark chapter 15 and verse 44, we read that Pilate marveled that he was dead already. Mark 15, 44 Verse 42 begins, And now when the even was come, because it was the preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, an honourable counsellor, which also waited for the kingdom of God, came and went in boldly. Up until now he was a secret disciple, fearful, but he comes boldly now into Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. And Pilate marvelled. It's the same word for wondered. If he were already dead and called unto him the centurion and asked him whether he had been any while dead. When he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. How could he die so soon? 
men would uh, linger on the cross for days. Days, can you imagine? Most lived much longer. That's why Pilate marvelled. Pilate didn't uh, hear the Lord Jesus say that no man taketh my life from me, I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. John records that for us in John chapter 10, verse 18. The Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb, the one who was to have no bone of that little lamb's body to be broken. The Lord's body, his legs weren't broken either. He was a complete fulfillment of every aspect of the Lamb of God that we saw first of all sacrificed as the people stood uh, on the night of the last plague in Egypt uh, and uh, they shed the blood of that lamb and they put blood on the doorposts and on the head of the, the door and in the little basin at the uh, base of the door where the lamb was slain was a little pool of blood and that whole doorway was surrounded by blood. And any that took shelter behind the blood were spared. And not a lamb, not a, a, a bone of that lamb was to be broken and it was to be eaten all that night. And then they were to be ready for their new journey. Lovely, wonderful picture of salvation for us. Pilate didn't know that, but the legs weren't broken. Not a bone of his body was broken. And when the Lord declared it is finished, it was a cry of victory. Cry of victory. It surrendered his spirit. All the things that uh, had to be fulfilled uh, had been fulfilled. Uh, all that needed to be done had been done. And uh, never before had a, uh, a prisoner done anything like this on a cross, whether it was in anywhere in the Roman Empire or Jerusalem. No surprise that Mar marveled, Pilate marveled that day. The wonder of his death for you and for me. And that his name should be called Wonderful. And then the wonder of his resurrection. And this is point number seven. So we're nearly there. But we can't possibly leave this out. <laughs> the wonder of his resurrection. Luke chapter 24. And we're only just looking very briefly at any of this. Luke chapter 24. We read in verse 12, uh, well, we know what happened here. Um, uh, of all the accounts, uh, we're just looking at a little in that uh, Peter and John um, raced to the tomb. Uh, the uh, stone, uh, this uh, two-ton stone had been rolled away. Um, uh, the angels are present uh, and uh, Peter is uh, um, second to the tomb. John beats him, but uh, John waits outside and Peter... In typical Peter fashion, uh, brushes uh, straight past John uh, into the tomb uh, to see the, the grave clothes there uh, intact, orderly, but with no body in them. What a wonderful thing that would be. It's not a, a scene of a frenzied uh, um, yeah, unraveling of uh, uh, grave clothes that had been bound together with the spike nut and the incense and uh, the spices uh, that would be like glue, uh, the, the Lord just uh, disappeared through them and left the evidence and that's why the stone was rolled away. He didn't need that stone removed to get away. 
that was so that they could get in. What a lovely thing. Come and have a look. See what's happened here. So, uh, the wonder of the empty tomb, the grave clothes intact, to see that he had risen, uh, that the seal of Rome, the most powerful uh, nation uh, empire on earth of its day, uh, the 16 guards uh, scattered, gone, under penalty of death for having lost a prisoner, who was dead, by the way, uh, and the tomb was sealed and the guards were there and they're all gone. And Peter and John wander in and Peter, as we read in verse 12, ran into the sepulchre and stooping down and beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed wondering, wonderful, in himself at the things which had come to pass. They'd been told repeatedly. Uh, that he would be crucified, that he uh, would be buried, that he would uh, write. The Apostle Paul writes to the believers in Corinth in chapter 15 as he describes the gospel uh, and he says that uh, he would uh, be crucified for our sins according to the scriptures, that he would be buried according to the scriptures, that he would rise the third day according to the scriptures. All of these things were known. The marvel was known, but it needed to be believed. And while they uh, believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, uh, this is uh, later on in Jerusalem when they're in the upper room, uh, he appears through the wall and he says, have you got anything to eat? Not that he needed it, but he thought he'd show them that even in his glorified body, uh, they didn't need a circulation system, didn't need oxygen, uh, didn't have a blood supply in that sense, uh, bore the, the, the scars of his physical crucifixion, uh, he could still eat with them. And he did, and he showed them. And Thomas, who wasn't there uh, the week before, uh, was invited to put his fingers into the wounds of the Lord. And Thomas said, don't need to do that, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. And then we go to uh, another familiar meeting of the Lord with his disciples in John chapter 21. And you don't have to turn there, but you all know what happened there when uh, the Lord said, uh, go to Galilee, I will meet you there. And uh, the, the boys had been fishing again uh, all night long. And uh, as uh, was often the case of uh, an all-night fishing exercise, they caught nothing. And uh, they, they see a figure on the beach. Uh, the Lord's already there. Uh, and John whispers to Peter, Peter, you know that's the Lord, don't you? And Peter didn't recognize him, but uh, when he did, he jumped out of the boat and ran to the shore. And you, you know what happened there. Uh, the Lord uh, didn't need uh, Peter's fish. He already had a little barbecue going. He had the breakfast already there. Uh, he had the fire. He had the fish. He had the bread. Uh, he had the little fellowship that Peter and the Lord enjoyed uh, personally, intimately before the others arrived. Uh, and the Lord asked him three times, Peter, do you love me? And uh, there's another several messages in all of that. And, and you know that. Uh, but Peter had the opportunity to say, yes, Lord, I do love you. And it wasn't in the superior love that the Lord said that he loved Peter. But it was as good as Peter could do. And that's okay. The Lord takes that as a lovely thing. The Lord had provided everything for them. And he says, come and dine. 
And in John 21 verse 14 we read, This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. After that he was risen from the dead. He showed them his hands and his feet and he invited them to inspect him. And they wondered that he was alive. So, the wonder at Bethlehem at his birth. Do we wonder about that and say, thank you, Lord. The wonder at Nazareth as he presented himself as Messiah, the fulfilment of scripture. The wonder at Capernaum where he healed and gave deliverance from those that were possessed with demons by the Sea of Galilee. And we haven't even talked about when he just stepped onto the water and met them in the middle of their trip to the other side. And then the wonder of the cross, Calvary, Gethsemane, the empty tomb. And then by the Sea of Galilee again, amazing love. His name shall be called Wonderful. Many people use that name as a swear word today. And we, as his people, ought to call his name Wonderful and say, Thank you, Lord. No one can take away the truth that his name is called Wonderful and that it's a wonderful description that we ought to cherish and to value. So today, can I ask you, do you know him? Do you know this one that is wonderful? Do you know him personally? It's one thing to know about him, but do you know him? If you have any questions about that, I'm sure there are many people here that could talk to you about what it is to know Christ as your saviour. And then if you know him, do you love him? Do you love him? And then will you serve him? Not because you have to, but because you can. Opportunity. He's gifted you. He's blessed you. He's enabled you. He's kept you alive today. He's given a free country in which we can live still. We're not hindered in any way, really, compared to so many. His name is wonderful. Let's pray. Our Father, we are thankful that we can read, uh, that we can look to the Lord Jesus and we can see him in his majesty and his glory. We marvel that he would be our sin bearer, uh, that he would allow himself willingly to uh, be rejected, to be brutalized, that he would lay down his life uh, because he first loved us. Help us, Father, to uh, be amazed, to be truly amazed at what you would do for us, uh, that we would look to you for enabling, uh, privilege to serve you, uh, to be about your business um, till he would come again. For all these things we give you thanks now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Don, thank you. Great message. We thank you, Brother Ernie, for the opportunity to hear you today.
for the truths in, involved in that message today. Ponder on them and think about them. And our last hymn now is going to tell us about what we have. A blessed assurance in Jesus. A blessed assurance is Jesus by him. 255 as we conclude this morning. Stay if you can, have a cup of tea and a bit of fellowship for a few minutes while we're here and uh, have this time uh, finished with a blessed day. Number 255, please stand with me as we sing our last hymn for today. Blessed assurance together. Blessed Morning this, this morning we've had together and for those that are watching on zoom we pray that you have a blessed time also we ponder on the things we've heard go back to scripture and have a look at the verses that we've been looking at today and they'll be recorded if you've been watching the television all the verses will be there stay with us as we said have some fellowship together again thank you for coming today for those that are here uh, and we pray that you have a blessed day for the rest of the day let's now uh, close in a word of prayer and ask the blessing as we dismiss from here we thank you lord for our, our wonderful lord that he's 
our Saviour. We thank you for the scriptures we've seen today, the clear message given by Pastor Vesley today. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that we have a place that we can meet in freedom, worship you, and Lord, that you would just bless us as we've gathered here. Thank you for the new families we're getting to know over these last little while. Pray, dear Lord, that you would bless us, give us opportunity to live for you and to speak our love for you with those, whether it be family or people at work, people we just might bump into. We pray that you would bless us. Give us a good uh, week as we head. Again, we pray for our pastor to re return him to good health and Alicia and for any, anybody else that's not well, those that are mentioned today. We pray, dear Lord, that your strength would be back in their lives and they, they'll be able to uh, worship you <coughs> and to be a blessing. Pray, dear Lord, that you bless us for this day. Give us safety as we travel about and have us living for you. I ask and pray these names this in your name with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You are dismissed. Again, talk to somebody.